Father, uh, we want to thank you so much that you have saved us. We uh, know ourselves at least a little bit. We don't even know ourselves as well as you do, but we do know, Lord, that left on our own, we would be uh, totally focused on worshiping ourselves and denying you and suppressing the truth. And so the fact that we are here and we have a, a longing to know you and a longing to obey you, we know that's a miracle. And it's 100% grace. Even the faith that we have in you was a gift from you. And so, Lord, we want to worship you today, not just by going through the motions, but by offering up to you a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Uh, we want to, uh, Lord, from the bottom of our heart, express just how grateful we are that you have forgiven us of all of our sins. You've given us the Spirit of God. You've given us the Word of God. You've given us the family of God. And uh, you've given us this time together this morning. And we ask that your Spirit would work in us where we're sinning, Lord, show us that and help us to repent quickly. Where we're doubting and uh, we just kind of want to give up, Lord, strengthen us. And where we're doing well, Lord, encourage us and cause us to give all the praise to you. And we uh, pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Well, it's good uh, to be with you. We uh, are getting sort of towards the end of this time looking together at discipleship, we have about a month to go. Um, but we've been talking lately about how to make disciples, and that's because our, our vision as a church is to glorify God by making disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And when we talk about discipleship, really, we're talking about just helping people know God and helping people enjoy the gospel and then live lives in light of what God has revealed in the gospel. So we're talking, when we talk about discipleship, about helping other people change and changing ourselves and helping people live holy lives. And um, one of the questions that we've been discussing specifically when it comes to all of that the past few months is how? How do we develop relationships where we can help one another change? And how do we actually make disciples? And I've uh, been trying to work through some broad general principles, and we're actually gonna get back to some of those more general principles in the weeks ahead. But I thought today that I could give you some specific, specific, very specific um, ideas about how to go about helping someone else change. And uh, we have um, been mentioning that in March or so, end of February, March, we want to start something called transformation groups. And obviously, the main thing we want at the church is just a culture of discipleship. But as sort of a kickstart and or just to help that happen, we're um, also instituting this little I don't know, this little program or idea called Transformation Groups, and it's going to be 20 weeks, you know this. And I thought that maybe you would be asking yourself, um, that sounds great to be part of a transformation group uh, for 20 weeks, but I don't really know what it would look like. I don't know what would we do during those 20 weeks besides like ask questions of each other and sort of talk about the Bible. What, what what would be involved in 
leading one of these groups or being part of one of those groups. And I haven't been wanting to kind of just give you a script. You remember from Scott Mel's book, Loving Messy People, we all want a script. And so I've been trying to be very careful not to give you a script because I know that God's gifted you and given you the spirit and want you to think about specifically how do we do this. But at the same time, I realize that it does help to have like some structure and it does help to kind of have a picture at least of what we're talking about. I, uh, I keep telling Isaiah, he's tired of me uh, saying this, but I've been doing more running lately. And um, one of the things that has really changed my running, so I was really getting tired of running and uh, disappointed in it. But one of the things that's changed my running lately is the simplest silly little app. And it's Nike, uh, <laughs> Nike Running Club. And on Nike Running Club, there's a coach who actually has put together a plan to run a half marathon. And pretty much that entire plan I know. Like, I knew that plan. I've been running long enough that I kind of know what you're supposed to do throughout the week. But for some reason, because I'm a silly human, him laying out that plan has actually rejuvenated my running. And uh, I know what I'm going to do in the morning and get excited about doing it. And even though he's some little guy on an app telling me I'm an awesome runner, for some reason that <laughs> makes a difference. And he, I don't believe in me, but he believes in me, he says. So I keep, uh, I keep running. But that app, that structure has helped. And so today I thought, I, I was thinking about that recently and thought, well, it might help if I give an idea, at least, of a basic structure that you could follow during those 20 weeks of your transformation group. And so, I made, uh, you, if you have uh, a phone, you can get on Google Docs, and in Google Docs, I, you remember I gave you that folder where um, I'm putting discipleship materials, discipleship resources, and I keep adding to that. So that hopefully is not just going to be like something from years ago that never updates, but like I am keep putting stuff in that folder. And uh, one of the things I've put in that folder is a transformation group plan. Now this is, uh, this is about, I don't know, it's like 24 pages or something like that that I've put together. So I didn't make copies, or Brody didn't make copies. I asked Brody not to make copies. Uh, we don't have enough copies for everyone because um, I'm cheap like that, but uh, we do have enough copies for those who really want them. So uh, this, or you can look on Google Docs and print out your own copies. So um, I'll give this to Isaiah. You can kind of pass it around. Take, take one if you really, really are going to, if it's really going to help you. Yes, well, you can just pass it, let it pass it. I won't even notice if they don't take it. Yes, exactly. I won't notice if they don't take it. But I'm going to. Yes. Yes, exactly. Isaiah's going to be more like that. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm looking down at my notes. I'm looking down at my notes. So uh, the transformation group is going to be 20 weeks long. Remember how we're saying, you know, this is just something that we're doing, that you you can have friendships that go for 30 years. That's great. It's amazing. Please. This is just something that we're doing here at the church that's going to be about 20 weeks long. And that's just because that's about 
two times a month that you're meeting. And so I've broken down those 20 weeks into uh, three sections. So the first four weeks would be getting started. The, the, the next 12 weeks would be going deeper. And then the last four weeks would be looking forward to the future. And so I'm going to work through now what you would do in the first four weeks, what you would do in the second 12 weeks, and what you would do in the last four weeks. So as I go through this, if you have questions, please raise your hands or ask the questions. But what I'm going to do is give you a simple structure that you could follow in these 20 weeks that would be really, I think, effective and helpful and impactful. You can think, me, think of me as your discipleship training app here. First four weeks, really what you're doing is like the warm-up part of an exercise program. And you're going to be laying the foundation in those first four weeks for being able to do more later by getting to know one another better and developing trusting relationships. And so your basic goals in the first four weeks would be to just have a better understanding of each other, to get used to talking and sharing with one another, that that just kind of becomes normal, that you open up and let people know what's going on in your life to grow in your love for one another, to build trust with one another. These are going to be people that you want to be able to share what's actually happening in your life with, so you need to develop trust. To find your focus of study, because uh, for 12 weeks or so, you're going to be diving deep into a particular issue or topic. And so during those first four weeks, you're going to be wanting to know what's going on in each other's life and what it would be good to study together. And then to identify an area each member of the group wants to work on changing. And then to begin working on memorizing a passage of scripture together. So those would be some of your basic goals for the first four weeks. Now, how could you do that? What would the basic format look like? Well, you start out with an introduction. So the goal of the beginning of your time together would be to remember why you're actually getting together. And so you might remind each other of the purpose of transformation groups. Um, you could do that in a couple different ways. I would encourage doing it each time, actually. Um, each time I go out for a run, he has to tell me at the beginning, this isn't easy. Start easy. You can't, fin you can't run as fast as you possibly can at the end. And he says it each time in different ways. And so sometimes it's good to remember, remind each other, repeat, this is why we're getting together now. And so one way you could do that is have someone see if they can quote the definition of gospel care without looking and then ask the group what part of that definition stands out and how it might apply to your time together. So you have that quote, gospel care is the God-exalting, grace-saturated art of loving one, an one another, loving another person through patiently knowing, sacrificially serving, truthfully speaking, and consistently applying the gospel in order to help them become more like Jesus. That would be great if everybody in our group memorized that. And we could say, what's gospel care? And then we say it. You might read a passage that summarizes the, goal, summarizes the goal of transformation groups and then briefly discuss. So pick one passage and say, okay, Colossians 1, 28 and 29. What stands out to you that, from that? That's what we're trying to do today. Or you might work through the basic transformation group commitments together. I commit to meeting twice a month, at least. I commit to coming on time for the meetings, if at all possible. I commit to be for the other members of my group. I commit to being open and honest about what's really going on in my heart. 
I commit to prayerfully listening when corrected and to be willing to correct when it's necessary. I commit to remembering that I'm needy and to be willing to express specific needs in my life. I commit to praying for the other members of my group. I commit to thinking on a regular basis about how to help the other members of my group grow. I commit to work at changing by, willing to, by being willing to do the homework we give one another in transformation groups. And so you might just work through those commitments and ask, are you still committed? Are we committed to this? Yes, this is what we're committing to. And then you might have someone briefly pray and ask that God would help you fulfill the purpose of transformation groups and keep these commitment, commitments. Because you don't, it's not just like, hey, we're awesome, we can do this, but you're coming together needy and saying, Lord, please help us be the group that you want us to be. Then after you've done that, you might begin getting into each other's lives through some brief updates and then take some time to pray for one another. Start with general updates, but be careful when you do those general updates that you don't spend so much time talking about superficial matters that you don't have time or you're too tired to get deeper into each other's lives. You know, we just have to recognize that we're human, and so these ears, they try hard to listen to somebody else's story for a long time, but they kind of get tired if somebody goes for like 30 minutes about, um, you know, the Bruins or something. And then there's only so many words that can go into this ear. And so if we spend all the time on superficial matters, the other person might be a little tired to actually share something that's significant. Um, and so there's a lot of time for superficial matters and, and transformation groups, that's gonna be part of it. But when you do those updates, spend a little time on superficial matters just because we're humans, but make sure that you don't spend so much time that the whole group is like, oh, I'm, you know, my wife just left me, but I can't say it because we just spent for 40 minutes uh, talking about um, socks or something. Um, one way to help make these updates a bit more meaningful is to have some questions prepared that are not too deep, but at the same time will be more effective in helping you know what's really going, going on in each other's lives or pray more thoughtfully for one another. For example, you might ask, what's going on in your life? And how do you feel about it? In a few sentences, could everyone share one thing you're learning, one thing you're thankful for, one thing you're concerned about? Is there anything that's made you laugh this past week? What have you been worried about recently? If you could change one thing in your life right now, what would you change? Generally, describe the last meaningful conversation you had with someone. If you're all married, what was the, when was the last meaningful conversation you had with your wife? What was it about, or hus husband? What has God been teaching you lately? So you're, you're just getting warmed up here in the introduction and starting to kind of get into the practice of getting into each other's life. And then you pray for one another, and you might have everyone pray for the person on their right or however you would do it. So that's the introduction. Now going deeper. Week one, uh, the first week is a get to know each other week. So during your time together in this first session, you might or you want to begin getting to know some of the things about each other that you wouldn't normally know that might be helpful for understanding each other better and helping each other grow. So one of the challenges to knowing each other is that sometimes we think we know each other because we know um, external information about one another. And yet we don't really know the person as well as we think we do. And so in this first week, you're beginning that process because you realize you want to go somewhere with these people. So you, you're saying, okay, we're going to try to really get to actually know the other person. 
Um, before your first meeting, have your group read the following article and answer the following questions. Um, this is an article about listening, and then you can just talk about why is it important. We listen to each other's stories, what can help us listen well to each other. Us men might need that a little more um, in terms of listening to other people but, and the details. But uh, this week, we're going to begin working on getting to know each other better, and it's going to seem silly maybe to have these kinds of conversations, but try to let each other into your lives so that you can grow in your friendship with one another and your ability to help each other grow. And so um, one way you can help another person is by actually appropriately sharing being vulnerable. And we're going to talk about this in a minute. You being vulnerable in the right setting is actually not you putting a burden on others, it is you, you sharing your life with others so that they can show the grace of God to you. It's a big thing. And, and so what you're doing here is trying to help the other person know you so they can love you well. And so family background, what were you like as a child? What was life like for you growing up? Describe your family and childhood. Who were you close to in your family? Why? What's a good memory from childhood? Is there anything you would change from childhood? Why? What's a difficult memory? How do you think that memory impacts you now? What did you want to be growing up? Who is someone you looked up to and why? Is there anything that was said to you when you were younger that still sticks with you or impacts you? What and how? Who was your best friend in high school or college? What was your relationship, friendship like? What did you enjoy doing with your family growing up? What were you good at? What weren't you good at? What do you think someone would need to know about your personal history to understand you better? How's your life different right now than you might have thought it would have been when you were younger? If you could talk to your younger self, what would you say? And then uh, relationships. Are you a person who gets close to others? Why did you answer the way you did? Who have been some of your closest friends in life? What made you such good friends? How would you define what it means to be a good friend? What makes you a good friend? What keeps you from being a good friend? What are some people, who are some people who had the biggest influence in your life and why? If you're single, tell us a little bit about your relationship with your family. If married, tell us a little bit about your marriage story. What's your marriage like now? Give us a picture of what life in your home is like and what your relationship with your wife is like when you're not at church. If you have children, tell us a little bit about your family. Describe your kids to us as if we didn't know them. And then inner life. What have you wanted most in your life? What are some things that have upset, happened that have made you the most upset? What have been some of the things that you've tended to worry about? When were you happiest? When were you the most discouraged? What are some things you've been afraid of? Do you have any regrets? What are you proudest of? What would you change about yourself if you could? And so here you're like, we want to be friends. And so uh, we're going to intentionally try to actually get to know you. Because I don't want to be, I, I want to be friends with you. And I know that if I'm really going to offer help that is helpful, I need to know uh, some, some things about who you actually, actually are. So that's uh, what you want to do during your discussion time in week one. In week two, you're going to move on to testimony. So you, you found out a little bit about just kind of the resources in their life, the, the, their, their history. Now you're wanting to know a little bit more of each other's spiritual history. And so uh, before your second meeting, have the group read the following article and answer the questions that follow. And this is on preaching the gospel to one another, the power of small group relationships. And you can look at those questions. But one way 
We can encourage each other with the Gospels by sharing how the Gospels changed us. And so in our time together, we want to begin sharing how God worked in our life in the past to save and change us. And so you could have each person share their testimony. But when they do that, don't simply have them share it and then leave it at that. Try to help them share their testimony. Um, especially if they're a person who's not a real talker, be interested in them and ask questions regarding what the other person shared. And you kind of think of that person as having knowledge that you need buried deep in their heart and you're trying to draw out the treasure. And so if you finish your testimonies and have time, consider asking each other some of the following kinds of questions. What are some of the biggest spiritual moments in your life so far? How would you define spiritual maturity? Um, describe your church experience. What makes a good church? What makes a good church member? What are some, you could say, what are some hard things you've experienced in church? What are some sermons or books or spiritual conversations that have impacted you the most? That have impacted you the most in your life? Has there ever been a time in your Christian life where you felt like you had intense struggles? How were you struggling? What helped you? What would you say is a strength in your relationship with God? What is a weakness? Why do you say that? What truth has helped you the most in your Christian life? How specifically did it help you? When is the time in your life when you think you were growing the most in your relationship with God? What are some of the reasons do you, do you think that? Or what are some of the reasons do you think for that? And so here again, you're just trying to get into the, the practice of, of having good spiritual conversations and knowing who you're talking to. And you're trying to create a space where it's like, People are real, so you're, you're, you, you can't help each other if you're not. <laughs> Sometimes I say in counseling, it's like it takes four or five weeks to actually get the real person you're supposed to counsel because the first four or five weeks you're counseling some pretend person that they're bringing, and you're not actually counseling the actual person or the actual problem they, because we're not enjoying justification. So often we spend so much time minimizing what's really going on or spinning what's going on or um, pretending. And so even in our transformation groups, we don't want to spend 20 weeks you know, helping a pretend person. We want to actually help the real person. And so we're asking questions of one another, trying to push each other uh, so that we can really know each other because we love each other and we want to help each other change. Week number three would be your, in your time of discussion would be your current spiritual condition. And so here you're continuing to move forward in your relationship with one another. In this meeting, you want to move from the past to the present and give each other an honest picture of where you really are at with God right now. And to really be helpful with one another, we're going to have to open up to one another. And so you might look at some verses on being vulnerable, appropriate vulnerability. And Paul talks about, you know, you think about how the Apostle Paul is appropriately vulnerable in, in many of his letters. Um, you would look at these passages and, and even talk about what does it look like to be appropriately vulnerable. Um, and this is so important. In, in some of our cultures, we're not even willing to share when we're suffering with somebody else. And so if we're going to be that closed in our transformation group, it's, it's, it's not really going to be super helpful. <laughs> So, obviously, um, I was thinking how amazing God in Psalm 51 says, a broken and contrite heart I, will, I do not despise. And that's so radically different than our cultures because we despise broken people, usually. You know, we're like, please, stop sharing all your mess 
with me, at least pretend like you have it together. But God says that's actually the kind of worshiper that he wants, the broken person, the contrite person. And so we don't have to be afraid of, uh, of sharing our brokenness. And so you're going to want to remind each other there's a, a place to be appropriately uh, vulnerable. And this transformation group, that's one of, one of the goals, is uh, not just to be vulnerable for the sake of being vulnerable, but to allow people in there to help us bear our burdens and help us change. And so you might read one of the following articles and talk about how it would apply to your times together as a group, give your weakness to God, or to love is to be vulnerable. The reason we read those articles and talk about those verses is because we want to share what's going on in our hearts with one another. So we're going to ask some questions to help us get some perspective on each other's spiritual condition. Um, but let's remember, be real and open about what's going on in our heart. Or these conversations won't be helpful or God-glorifying. Plus, God knows, and if you're loved by him, what is there to be scared by or scared of? So these would be some questions you might ask. Describe your personal walk with Jesus. What is amazing about God lately? Amazing you about God lately? What are you enjoying from the gospel? What truths from the Bible do you find yourself talking about the most? Who, what's discouraged you spiritually recently? What book or truth or spiritual conversation has helped you recently? Where do you have the hardest time trusting Jesus right now? Who do you think outside of your spouse or family has the most influence on your life and decisions right now? Who are you listening to? What do you think God's doing in your life right now? How have you seen him at work? What have you been learning and meditating on this week from God's word? What is a specific way you're growing and changing? What are some barriers to your relationship with God? 1 Peter 2 says to put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Are any of these sins you're, you're struggling with in a particular way right now? Uh, is there someone in your life you've been routinely thinking bad thoughts about? Is there any way in which you're lying right now? Is there any way in which you're trying to make others think you're someone you're not right now? Is there, any way you're look, is there anyone you're looking at and wishing you could have what they have? Is there anyone you're speaking evil about to others? And those are particular issues in Peter because uh, if you don't put those off, you won't long for God's word. And so that's why we're asking those questions. First Peter 3 tells husbands to live with your wives in an understanding way so that your prayers might not be hindered. Obviously, that applies in a particular way to husbands, but it also gives us a principle. Our relationship with others has an impact on our relationship with God. So if you're a husband, would your wife say you're living with her in an understanding way? Why or why not? If you're not a husband, look at your relationships. Is there any relationship that's hindering your relationship with God? Why or why not? You might go through a passage like Galatians 5, and 23 and ask, which of these fruits do you see yourself growing in right now? Where are you struggling? What are some temptations you face at home, at work? If Satan were going to attack you in one area, what area do you think he would identify as your greatest point of vulnerability right now? Where are you being tested? What are some ways you've been seeking to show sacrificial love lately? Is there anything you think we need to know about you? That's a great question. Um, is there anything you wish you could share, but you're scared to share? <laughs> share it. If you could pick one specific area to grow in, what area of life would you choose? What is one area in your life the people closest to you would say you're least likely to change? So if, if your family says, he'll never change in this way, what way would that be? What are some of the kinds of topics you would like to look at together this year? So now you're starting to move from the past to the present 
to the future. You're starting to kind of get material that you can use to actually disciple one another. That's what you're, you're not just trying to find out stuff to find out stuff, but you're trying to, 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 to have these conversations so you can know, okay, this would, seems like this would be the best area actually um, for us to, to consider. One big issue I think we have is it's very hard for us to evaluate ourselves very well. And uh, so we're trying to be like little mirrors for one another so we can help each other see what's really going on in there so we can actually apply the gospel to those areas. Okay, so that's week three. Week four, we're still just in the first four weeks. Week four, uh, first things first, one of the goals of your meetings is to have spiritually profitable discussions with one another. In this meeting, you're going to begin practice doing that by talking about a real, really important topic, the gospel. So you read the following article together and take a couple minutes to discuss. This is about how to preach the gospel to yourself. To preach the gospel to ourselves, we need to know the gospel. So now we're going to help each other reflect on the gospel, ask questions like, what does it mean to be a Christian? Um, that's a great question to ask just in general in conversations. One good thing after, a lot of times when people answer that, you've got to ask another question and say, well, how is that different than being a Muslim? Because a lot of times when you ask people, what does it mean to be a Christian, they'll say, obey God, fear God. And so then you have to push them and say, well, what's, what is really different about that than just being religious? What is one passage in the scripture that you think exclaim, explains the gospel really well? Read that passage, share, share what stands out to you. What are the non-negotiable elements of the gospel? What do people absolutely have to know if they're going to be saved? Why did you answer that way? Maybe you could have a piece of paper, have everybody write down a, a, a three-paragraph summary of the gospel, then have each member of the group share what they wrote and discuss. Somebody asked me recently in that Q&A we did online, they asked me, can you share the story of the Bible in a couple minutes? And uh, that was so, it's always good. As a, that's one great thing about being a pastor. People ask you questions like that, and then it challenges you to try to do it, and then you think, next time I can do it better. And so in these groups, we want to challenge each other. Uh, why don't you share the gospel with me? How would you share the gospel? And then we can um, maybe even lovingly be like, well, the resurrection's kind of important, right? Like, why didn't you bring that up? But you, don't, you don't have to say it like that, but like, the resurrection's uh, really big. You didn't say that. Oh, I forgot about the resurrection. I can't believe I forgot about the resurrection. Watch the following video and discuss. Um, this is Jerry Bridges. It's just a short five-minute video on uh, how he preaches the gospel to himself. And then in what ways has the gospel encouraged you in your Christian life? How has it shaped you in the way you think and act? What do you think when you hear someone talk about preaching the gospel to yourself? Is that something you do on a regular basis, or is that something that sounds strange? Give us some perspective that will help us be an encouragement to you in that. In that. So I know this maybe feels a little different. It feels different to me to do this, but what I'm trying to do is give you some specific ideas that you can use. So when you say, what would I do? I'm like, hey, this is an idea of what you could do. I'm not saying this is like, okay, get out your index card. You're like, okay, now this, this. But I'm saying, okay, like that app is giving ideas to help me know what to do on my run. I'm giving you ideas what to do uh, in your transformation group. So you start with that little introduction, then you go deeper, and I gave you some ideas what to do in each of those weeks, what the goal of each of those weeks is. And then uh, it, you can conclude the meeting by encouraging one another. A good way to encourage one another is for each person to say one thing that stood out from what somebody else said. 
So that's a way of practicing affirmation. You'd be like, oh, I was really helped when Art said this. Or you might share one verse to think about in the weeks that to follow. You might pray for one another. And then you end by giving homework. And there's going to be homework in these transformation groups generally. So during your first meeting, choose a passage of scripture to memorize together. So you have 20 weeks, so make it long enough. Like, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's probably not going to be long enough for 20 weeks, right? Um, so choose a passage like Ephesians 1 uh, or Romans 8 or Matthew 5. You've got 20 weeks. It's actually more like a year because you're meeting twice a month. So uh, you can memorize. And, you know, let me just give you a real simple way to memorize. Recite the verse. Pick one verse, Ephesians 1.1. 1, 1, recite it 10 times every day. Then the next, for a week. Then the next week, you recite Ephesians 1, Ephesians 2. Just read it. Say it out loud 10 times. If you do that, you'll, you'll memorize it. Anybody can really memorize. It's just a matter of, um, at least you can memorize for a couple days. You know, you'll it'll be in there for a couple days. But you, you, almost all of us can memorize. It's just a matter of, are we willing to do the, the work to do it? But anyway, choose a, if you're the leader, probably what you want to do is break down the passage into 19 weeks of memory work, just so you can give some people some structure of how to do it. And then have the group begin, this is what you'd want to do even in your first meeting, have the group begin thinking about one area in their life they'd really like to grow spiritually in this next year. The goal is by the end of the four weeks, they need to come ready to share that area with the group. So by the end of the four weeks, going into your fifth week, everybody in the group is going to say, this is the area I want to grow this year. I want to change it. This I want help changing in this area. And then at the end of the fourth week, you should have also chosen a topic for studying together. You'll want to have the books ready and then assign the homework so the group is ready for the next session. And here are some topics you could choose from. You could choose a book of the Bible. You could choose how to change. You could choose the gospel itself. You could choose finances, sexual purity, marriage and family, godliness, overcoming anger, the attributes of God, loving others, church life, evangelism, communication, spiritual friendship, spiritual disciplines of the Christian life, technology in the Christian life, productivity, delighting in God, dealing with conflict, handling anxiety. And there may be, I'm sure there's more issues, but uh, those are some that came to mind um, as I was sitting down that might be helpful to study. Okay, so that's the first four weeks. Anybody have questions about the first four weeks? You said uh, you've been saying you want some structure, so uh, I'm bringing the structure. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> when you ask a Mac to do something, it's going to be thorough. Um, all right, so the next 12 weeks, going deeper. So the basic goals of the next 12 weeks would be to develop a committed I am for you friendship. Like at the end of these 20 weeks, if someone asks one of the people in your group, do you have anybody that's for you? Do you have anybody, do you have any friends? You should be able to say, well, I've got two guys here that I know are for me. I know are absolutely for me. Or two ladies. Or... To learn in community with each other would be a second goal. To begin to encourage and teach and correct one another more specifically and helpfully. Um, some of us, you know, we're not used to correcting anybody. Um, and so... 
it takes it takes practice to learn how to do that. Some of us aren't used to sharing what we're learning from the Bible, even you know we we've and so that we're we're trying to practice be, becoming good at that, and then to help each other take steps towards real lasting change. So the basic format, again, the introduction. Remember why you're getting together. Remind each other of the purpose. Review your scripture memory project. So have each other say the verses that you're memorizing. And then update each other on your change project. So um, you're going to be working on that one area that you said you wanted to change in this group. And so you're going to update each other on how that change project is going. So week five, you need to be able to answer the question, what are you working on changing? Week six, what would it look like for you to be different in that area that you've identified? So when somebody says, I want to be less proud, it's like, woo, that's great. But what would it look like for you to be less proud? If you can't answer that, then you're probably not going to be less proud. <laughs> you don't really generally change in these vague, vague ways. So you want to say, week six, homework for that week is I'm going to give a clear description of what it would look like for me to be different in this area. Week seven, talk to one person who's close to you, ask them to share what they think you need to change, then share what you want to work on changing and get their feedback. Bring the, that, that data to your meeting. So if you tell your wife, I want to work on changing in this area, and she's, or you ask her, what do you think I should change? And it's completely different than what you've thought. And you say, well, this is the area I thought I was going to work on changing. She's like, no, that's not it. That's not it at all. Um, then you start to really think, okay, maybe I'm not seeing myself uh, correctly. You know, maybe, that, maybe I should trust the mirror <laughs> more than my little image of what I look like. Um, and then you can talk to your transformation group. What do you guys think? Week eight, what are some of the specific fundamental things that need to change if you're going to change? In other words, what do you need to put off to be able to change in that area? So say I, I say I want to um, have, I want to come on Sundays and be filled with worship. Like I really want to be not just going through this as a ritual, but when I come to Sunday, I want to be filled with joy. Well, what would need to change for that to happen? Probably one thing that would need to change is uh, I need to actually have a worship time throughout the week. Or I need to stop watching so much TV and spend time giving thanks to God. Or I need to, Saturday night, I need to uh, begin processing what I'm grateful for and what God's done in my life so that I can start m having the Spirit use that to cause me to be grateful when I come on Sundays, or I need to, you know, but that the idea is here you're thinking, okay, I say I want to change in this area, but that area, what would be the components, you know, that the specific components that need to be true for me to change in that area? So if I say I want to be less proud, then I might think, well, I need to be, if I'm going to be less proud, I need to, uh, one thing that would look like is I take correction better. So what would need to change? What would I need to change to, to take correction better? So maybe I would need to invite correction into my life. 
And then I would need to think, well, what would it look like for me to invite correction in my life? And so it would look like me coming to the people close to me and saying, uh, I, I want you to know you have free reign to correct me. Or it might, I, I might realize, well, you know, I'm probably not getting corrected because every time I get corrected, I spend two minutes defending myself. So that would tire people out to correct me because they're like, well, if you're not even going to listen, why, why would I correct you? So now, next time I'm corrected, as I, what I need to change if I'm going to take correction better is I need to be quiet when people correct me. <laughs> and I need to uh, thank them for the correction. And then I need to uh, pray about it and set up a time if I disagree with the correction, set up a time in the future after I've thought about it and prayed about it and ask God to reveal to, to talk to them about it. So, oh, wait, that's week, uh, week eight. Week nine, what is keeping you from changing that area? In other words, why haven't you changed in that area? So you're giving updates every week on your change project, and I'm giving you the questions you need to answer, be able to answer. So think about, you know, a lot of areas in our life we're like, I could probably ask a lot of you and you'd have one area that for the past 15 years you haven't, you've been saying you need to change. And so a good question to ask is, why haven't I? It's not because I don't have the Spirit of God. It's not because I don't have the Word of God. It's not because I don't know it's an issue. Is it just because change is slow and it's a process and I'm really working on it and trying and I just realize like a kid growing, it takes a long time? Or is it because I really, I like to say that I want to change in this area, but I don't actually want to change in this area? And so change is going to be kind of hard if deep down you're like, I don't want to change in this area. I just want most people to think that I want to change in this area. Um, Week 10, what are some of the, and then if that's true, then you say that to the group. You know what? I really don't want to change in this area. <laughs> Will you pray for me? Because I can see that it's sin, and uh, I, I think it's sin, and I'm still stubborn. And so I need God to, to break me so that I actually do want to change. Will you change? Will you pray that for me? Week 10, what are some of the main things you need to put on if you're going to change in this area? I guess I kind of described some of that, put off, put on. Week 11, what are some of the key Bible passages that speak directly to the area you're seeking to change? So here you're trying to gather material. Week 12, what are the main principles from those passages that apply to you changing in that area? I'm trying to give you enough, but not too much. So you're gathering the material, and then the next week you're trying to look at the passages and, and say, okay, this is what those passages say about that. Week 13, listen to one sermon on the subject. Oh, sorry, guys, if this is so boring. I'm going long, but um, week, week 13, listen to Next week, I guess, we'll do more longer discussion with the questions. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, week 13, listen to one sermon on the subject you're wanting to change in. Specifically, take notes on how you can be different as a result of what the preacher was saying. Bring those notes to your transformation group. Week 14, imagine you're counseling someone who's wanting to change in that area you've identified and make one homework assignment you would want them to complete that you think would help them take steps towards changing in that area, and then you do the homework assignment. Week 15, find someone you think is doing well in the particular area you're wanting to change and get together with that person and ask him specific targeted questions about what you're concerned about and bring what you've learned back to the group. 
Week 16, take what you've learned about changing in that area and make a summary document, then begin formulating a specific plan for changing in that area. Share that with the group and get feedback from the group of what, about what they think about your change plan. All right, and then you begin getting into each other's lives through some brief personal updates. Uh, you'll have to see if all of this is possible, but <laughs> identify one specific person each week to share one thing they've learned in their devotions. Um, so you might, that doesn't mean like a sermon, that just means next, week, next time we get together, why don't you share just a couple, like two minutes of what God taught you on Wednesday when you were having devotions. Um, have another person bring a question, and their question is to, their job is to think of a question that they want advice about, and they bring that to the group. This is the, so they have to think of a question that they really would like some feedback on. And then you could take some brief updates, and I gave you some questions that you could ask. And then uh, you'll take some time to learn together, and uh, you'll have hopefully um, picked a book and I would suggest as you work your way through the book, you start the time by having the group summarize what you learned the previous time you were together. Have everyone prepare for the time by reading or listening beforehand and by jotting down some notes that will help them discuss it with the group. When you work through whatever you're working through, make sure everyone's understood the content, but don't stop there. What you're really wanting to do is to make sure they're applying it, so think specifically and try to develop some questions that will help each of you think about ways in which you can change as a result of what you're reading. By the end of reading the chapter, have everyone answer the following questions. One thing I learned was, one way I need to change is, this is one idea I have about putting what I've learned into practice this week. And then you can end by praying together, singing a song together. That would be, that would be kind of sweet. Um, you can end by having everyone offer one encouragement to one another. Or you could close by having each one person share how they would like the group to hold them accountable. And you, or you could think of another option. <laughs> okay, so that's the, that's the second 12 weeks. Or that's the, the, the 12 weeks. That's the main bulk of the, the 20 weeks. And then the last four weeks uh, is looking forward. And so the basic goals of these last four weeks is to make sure you've really grown in your friendship with one another, that you've taken advantage of your time to move together, to move forward spiritually to make, uh, each, make sure each member of the group has a basic understanding of what you've spent the year discussing. It'd be sad at the end of 20 weeks to ask somebody in the group, what did you talk about? And then we talked about um, the gospel. What is the gospel? I'm not sure, or they say something weird. You, you wanna make sure, okay, we all have understood the main ideas. And then to make sure the group's really ready to move forward in the areas that they've identified, that they have a, a plan for doing so. Somebody says, I want to lose 100 pounds this next year. And you say, what's your plan? And they say, eat less. You're like, uh, that's a good start, but probably there's, you're going to need more of a plan than that. And so when you ask, when you talk in your group, you want to make sure they have a better plan than I'm just going to try to be less proud. It's like, OK, yeah, that's, that's good, but let, give me something a little more specific. I'm going to, you know. This is how I want to do that. Basic overview. Each of these weeks, you can use the regular format of updates, prayer, and scripture memory. But the focus during your discussion time will be a little different. Week 17 is looking back. Have each person in the group come ready to present a paragraph summarizing what you studied, a paragraph summarizing what they learned, 
a paragraph summarizing how they're planning on changing as a result of what they learned. Then you can take whatever you studied and come up with a list of 20 questions as a group to evaluate the other person's spiritual condition in that area. So if you're studying communication, you might ask questions like, are you honest in all your words or do you exaggerate? Are you sharing with others what someone else told you in confidence? So you're coming up as a group with 20 questions that will help you evaluate whether you've you, you are applying the topic you studied during those 12 weeks. And then when you've done that, you work through the questions and you ask them of each other. And then the homework assignment for week 17 is identifying someone you're going to share what you learned with. And by the next time you get together as a transformation group, make sure you've scheduled an opportunity to share that with them. Because we're trying to make disciples who make disciples. And so all this information that you're getting, you want to be able to share it with somebody else. So part of your homework then to help your group make more disciples is for them to take what they learned and find somebody that they can specifically and intentionally share what they learned with. So they're just getting in the practice of thinking, God puts truth in this hand so that I can give it to someone else with this hand. Obviously, for me to be transformed, it's like, whoop, through, out <laughs> to someone else. Then um, uh, uh, week 18 is more general review, and that's just thinking about your spiritual state right now, just how, the, how you've been changed. Discuss how your opportunity to share what you learned went. Take some time to have a more general spiritual checkup with one another. Um, I, I don't know how many questions I listed, listed there, but a lot. How, how's your private worship? What are you loving lately? What have you been talking about the most this past week? When was the last time you were really thankful? What were you thankful about? Is there anyone you're bitter or angry at right now? Is there a way you're pitying yourself right now? What did you complain about last? How's your thought life? Are you enjoying prayer? Are you being generous? What are the biggest barriers to your relationship with God? What are the biggest barriers to your relationship with your spouse? What are the most serious temptations you face at home, at work? Um, is there any area your, conscious, your conscience is troubled about? Discuss what you brought up. Spend some time praying. And then the homework assignment for this week is to come up with one way you can join together to serve someone else sacrificially and then make a plan to do it. So um, this is just to, again, remind your group. We're not just like, hey, looking at each other. We come together, do all this, so that we're more equipped to serve. And so you're going to come up with a specific plan that you, as a group, can sacrificially love someone else. So I, I think that will be fun. Like, it's just that practice of like, let's think about something, some way I can partner with a couple of my friends to really do something we wouldn't normally do for the good of other people. And so week 19, you're gonna do that. That will be the next time you get together, you're gonna seek to serve someone else sacrificially as a group and enjoy it. And then week 20 is the last week, and you finish by encouraging one another and praying. You can begin by quoting your scripture memory passage. You should be, you should be finished that by now. Um, so this week, you're going to basically have a prayer meeting and a celebration. Thank you guys for being patient with me. This would be basically one of my most boring equipping hours if I was sitting in your uh, chair, because I can't stand when somebody just reads what they wrote like this. But. Um, have everyone come ready to share some things that they were encouraged by the other members of the group about. 
Um, have everyone come ready to share what they want others to be praying for them about, and then try to get specific. And then you're just going to have a pray, 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 pray for one another. And then at the very end, we'll have a, a big transformation group celebration. We'll get all the groups together. Uh, and uh, the goal of that is just to have kind of a praise God time as a church where we have different people share personal testimonies about the way God has used the relationships in those transformation groups in their lives. And so I'm hoping by then we've gotten used to like sharing stuff and so that it will be, people will be excited about saying, hey, I really grew in this area. It was uh, Jack and he corrected me and I can't, I was so mad about it. And, but then I started to think about it and I was like, wow. And I realized the gospel's uh, the gospel applies to that area, and I'm so thankful now that the Lord has helped me, and this is how I want to change and be different in the future, and these are some specific steps. So I'm hoping that that transformation group celebration will be like, wow, this is just the Lord. We're seeing real changes, and that we're coming together, and we're saying, I, I've learned a lot about discipling, and I just want to give my life to helping others grow and, and me growing, and this is... This is what it's all about. So maybe we'll even have pizza or something. Um, but that's a, a basic transformation group training plan. Obviously, I didn't want to give you a script. I said at the very beginning, but I basically just gave you a script. Um, and it's, but don't use it just like a script. But the idea here is like this is a basic structure to, to move these groups from just being like, let's look at each other and, and um, talk about how mad we are at, about that guy at work and we shouldn't be mad to actually like engaging in pushing each other to run that marathon, like to actually to, to, to get off the couch and to actually make specific changes. But any, any questions about that or ideas or like that, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard? Um, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Well, I think I'm hoping the way that I designed this would be really weird. For somebody to come out of asking all these questions and be like, I, I check the box because it seems like this is. I'm trying as best as I can to get it to the heart. Um, and yet, also, it's interesting. Like uh, Isaiah was talking about yesterday was habits, and so habits and heart go together, actually. <laughs> so uh, your heart should motivate you to develop certain habits. And certain habits help motivate your heart. So um, 
if my habit is to look at Facebook for five hours a day, that is going to impact what I want and my desires. If my habit is to have good spiritual conversations and intentionally share my heart with others and preach the gospel to others, that's going to shape my desires as well. So I think it should shape our desires not into being box checkers, but into being disciplers. And, and um, I hope the goal is that we're, even through this little structure, just developing some of the skills that we won't need the structure. Um, we won't need a structure like that. We can kind of just do that on our own, come up with that plan on our own. Um, so that was me coming up with a plan on my own because I thought, ah, oh, you know, if people keep asking me what would I do in those 20 weeks and I didn't give them a vision of what could be done in those 20 weeks, then it's, it's kind of so vague. So I was like, oh, why don't I sit down this week and think what would I do in 20 weeks? And so I didn't have to look at a, a bunch of other things. I just did that in sitting down, trying to, to do that. And so that's hopefully what you'll develop the skills to do on your own. And you might look at some of what I've done and be like, well, that's not the way that I would do it. That's not helpful. And then that's great. If you have a reason for it and you're <laughs> seeking to honor Jesus and share the gospel, um, God made you a certain way and uh, gave you gifts, the gifts uh, he gave you. Yeah. Say that again.
the teacher who gives homework and then doesn't check it, so. <laughs> I'm trying, that should be my change project. Can you speak in the microphone and repeat their question? <laughs> so the question was, <laughs> would there, it's, a, it's actually over time here, but would, you, uh, would there be stuff you would do in between? And there will be homework individually, but I'm assuming that each group will uh, figure that out on their own and talk about how can we be an encouragement to one another as we go. Ed. How will the groups be formed? Well, you're going to sign up. That's first. You have that uh, list that you've signed up. And then um, there are some people who have said they are willing to be leaders and others who have said they're not willing to be leaders. So then we'll look at who the leaders are. And then I think the elders will get together. Some have made suggestions already in terms of who. Um, but I think we'll have an elders meeting. We'll bring back some of the ideas we have for the groups. Think about location and 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 maybe times, um, and we'll help we'll help the church form the groups that way this year. Maybe we'll do it another way another year, but we'll help uh, help this year. Partially because we will, I, I like the <laughs> partially because it um, it might be tempting and good. There's good to it to only choose people that we've known for 30 years, but there's some also benefit to having a little bit of a mix-up there, potentially, maybe not. Um, so that's, that's how we'll seek to do it this year. And if it's just a big problem, then people will tell us that's a big problem, and we'll think of another better way to, to help that be accomplished. But right now, that's how we're going to try. But we'll have to take it. It's going to be a little complicated because we'll have to take into account things like location and, and all of that. All right. Fun, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I stole it, but you know, all that stuff goes in there. Um, uh, probably stole it from my dad, to be honest. If it, all these years. All right. Thank you guys, looking forward to worshiping. We got a genealogy coming up, so get ready. Um, maybe walk around and. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, we'll discuss more next week, yeah. <laughs>